Peace and greetings and welcome to the Mental Health Cipher. I am Sai Shanti, a.k.a. The Urban Yogi, and I have a special guest with me. I have the Latina career coach, Michelle Gomez, author of the book, Own Your Brilliance. And we're going to be talking about a plethora of different subjects and topics today that I'm very excited about. So, Michelle, without further ado, welcome to the Mental Health Cypher. Thank you for being here. Oh, Sai, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Can you give people a little bit of a bio of who Michelle Gomez is, the Latina career coach? Absolutely. I am a guide is what I am. My uh, my focus and my business is on helping women of color achieve new heights of success and become the heroes of their stories. And so what I do is I create a space, uh, an environment to guide them through that transformation of where they are in their career today to who they need to become and land the next career transition. So whether they're trying to promote within the company or transition out of that company into something different, I guide them through some of the ma- the major roadblocks that most women encounter when they're going through that transition so that they can step into their new roles with brilliance, with grace, more, more importantly, being able to fulfill their purpose in this new role. Beautiful. Now, you have a bachelor's degree in business management and a master's degree in business administration and a certification in broadcast journalism, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. That in the industry of business um, and uh, I guess you could say uh, journalism, film, TV, um, you introduced me to a term called imposter syndrome. I I wasn't familiar with that term, but when I looked it up, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And, and I love that that is pretty much what your book is tackling. And um, I want you to give the definition of what imposter syndrome is. And I want to talk about how imposter syndrome uh, manifests itself or raises its ugly head and uh, in a professional setting. Um, especially for for women, professional career women. But I also want to talk about how that could have a ripple effect in your personal lives. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how that also can affect the men. So I've got to represent for the guys. But even though <laughs> this is spotlighting uh, our beautiful sisters, um, imposter syndrome was just such a powerful... Um, it, it, it just... The definition of it, it's like I felt myself in it and I realized that I have uh, had bouts of imposter syndrome myself. But uh, yes, please, please tell everybody what imposter syndrome is. I love this topic. So the imposter syndrome is a behavioral phenomenon experienced by very competent individuals where they have difficulty internalizing their success. Instead, they feel like frauds phonies that are undeserving of their success. Um, They tend to attribute their success to outside factors like luck, chance, um, anything but their own intelligence or competence. And so 
While studies do show that men have experienced the imposter syndrome as well, um, because of the cultural dynamic of our society, more women have come forward to express their experience of this phenomenon because we're still in a state of impasse of women trying to uh, make it okay to show up and be successful and ambitious in things that are outside of the home. So outside of being a wife and a mother, there's more women out here building businesses and getting into positions of power and starting movements and creating art. Um, and so it's a, it's very difficult sometimes for a woman to allow herself to sit in her brilliance and internalize her success because she's still trying to work out that dynamic internally. Um, so that's what imposter syndrome is. It's, it's mostly, it's also coined the imposter phenomenon or the imposter experience. But it's, it's something that's very prevalent. Over 70% of population have expressed at one point or another experiencing these thoughts, feeling like I don't belong here. This was a mistake. How did this happen? Um, I need to keep fooling everyone that I deserve to be here. Um, and it could lead to a lot of the things that spill into personal life, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, Sai. Would you like to talk about some of the ways that it can spill into, we, we can start with career, how it shows up professionally, and then how it shows up personally. How's that? Excellent. All right. Let's, um, I like to give formulas, uh, tips and techniques for, for my listeners and, um, you know, in a career, in, in a career, um, situation, if, if let's say we have a, a, a very, um, capable, intelligent woman in a career, career of her dream, and she's feeling, she's experiencing these symptoms of imposter syndrome. What would be your advice to her to uh, okay. not only identify it, but to navigate through it? Certainly. In my book, Own Your Brilliance, Sai, I do provide a six-step process that I call the daring process, and it stands for an acronym. And one of the things that is so powerful in transformation is being able to change your internal dialogue. Mm. How you speak to yourself about yourself is the, of utmost importance because it's wonderful when the outside world validates you and tells you how wonderful you are but then you have to go home at the end of your day and look at yourself in the mirror and be okay with the person in the reflection so while many of us experiencing imposter thoughts um, focus on how can we be sure that we're fooling the outside world so that we can feel like we belong here one more day really that is just a temporary sort of solution that's a band-aid really what needs to be the change is how the internal dialogue, the internal rhetoric. So in my book, the very first step of the daring process is disconnect. And that is to disconnect from old thoughts, old ways, old environments while you're in this transformative space, while you're in transition. And um, the, the brilliant Ian LeVanzant says, has a phrase that I live by, and it's, you got to call a thing a thing. You can't heal what you can't speak. And so one of the ways that we focus on healing and changing that internal dialogue is to understand what your Yukon is. Your Yukon is 
is an acronym that I coined that stands for your unique cocktail of needs. What is it that you need to feel competent, to feel worthy, to feel uh, deserving? And so in order to do that, you have to understand the five competencies, the types of, imp of the imposter experience, because then they can frame your Yukon. So the five competencies are the perfectionist, and they, they all kind of, they, they pretty much highlight what they're about. So the person who's the perfectionist, the natural genius, this is the person who wants to be able to do everything easily and shouldn't need a bunch of training or explanation. The expert, this is the person who's always consistently reading and thriving, learning something new, mastering something different, just always on the up and up and never really, always thriving, never arriving. Um, then you have the rugged individualist. This is the person who re refuses to accept help, has to do everything on their own, has to be their own two hands doing everything. And finally, the superwoman or the superman or the super student. And that's the person who wants to come off to the world as if they're doing everything masterfully without complaint, being able to juggle it all and make it look easy. So depending on your Yukon, that's how you can understand your triggers. So, for example, my Yukon is I'm the perfectionist, the expert, and the superwoman. That's me. So I know how I deem competence, and I'm able to figure out what my triggers are so that I can change my dialogue about that stuff. And it's practice with, a practice of affirmations, journaling, prayer, to disconnect from the old ways of thinking and judging yourself and retraining your thoughts to allow yourself to work through these moments. Because the imposter syndrome side is very much like an allergy. You know, mm. like if you know you're allergic to something, if you don't know what you're allergic to, how can you protect yourself? How do you know when it's a good time to look at the menu closer or take an, take an Allegra or a Benadryl before you go somewhere? You know, because you already know there's a potential that you're gonna run into your allergy. So you just have to know those things so that you can prepare. It's, it's the same way. Understanding your competency, understanding your triggers, then you can refocus your energy on changing that internal dialogue around those thoughts, around those triggers, so that you're better prepared to maneuver through those moments. Wow. I absolutely love that. Um, you said there's six steps in your book but the first step that you gave has so much fruits in it, so many jewels in it. It's like, wow, there's more. That yeah. that is that is yeah. so awesome. Um, I want to ask you something. I'm a um. We didn't we didn't discuss this beforehand, so this is totally organic. But okay. I'm, I'm very curious to know. Did you in your career experience imposter syndrome or did you witness it in other people? Oh, I absolutely experienced it. Um, I think it's so prevalent considering, like I said earlier, about the social dynamic of the society we live in today. Mm -hmm. I, I, I stepped into the logistics and supply chain industry at the age of 19. And when I did that, it was very male dominated and all the, the males that are in positions of power were middle-aged white men. And so mm -hmm. here I come in this young, ambitious, dynamic, ready to work, ready to slay this girl that has all this like desire to come out here and do this well. 
Um, and so I was faced with a lot of roadblocks because to sit at the tables I wanted to sit at, to go to the conferences I wanted to attend, to hold the titles that I felt I wanted to have, it would require me being the first and being the first woman, being the first right. woman of color in that position. And so I had to face my imposter syndrome both sides, right? Because I was like, um, am I really, when I, when I actually did get invited, when I earned those positions, when I was invited to sit at those tables, I would still have to battle with the thoughts of, do I really belong here? I felt like I was crashing the party, right? And then when I was welcomed, because there were, you know, over the time, I think people started to, especially the men, even the middle-aged white men that were around me, some of them were like, oh, wow, she's, she knows her stuff. Like, let's see what she has to say. And so over time, I started to earn the respect of the, of the gentlemen around me. But even in those spaces, Sai, when I was welcomed and my ideas or my expertise were respected, I still had to work through that stuff. Because it's like one, on one side of my mouth, you're like, well, do I, do I deserve to be here? You know, I feel like I don't belong. I'm crushing the party. And then when I'm welcomed, I'm like, oh, they just did this because they're trying to reach their diversity numbers. But they're trying to come off as this very um, open-minded leadership group. You know, so, of course, the token Latina girls in the office, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, either way, right. I, discounted, I discounted the fact that I had earned it. I discounted the fact that I had been working so hard to finally achieve this, and here I am, I've achieved it, and I can't even in it long enough to enjoy it and that is the deterrent of the imposter syndrome it's so pervasive that it steals the joy and the way I see it is if if these women are out here building businesses breaking barriers starting movements breaking generational curses the least you should be able to do is when you arrive sit in it sis just enjoy it. Like enjoy the fruit of your labor. Don't keep moving. Because what happens is we'll keep moving the finish line farther away. And the imposter syndrome struggler can resonate with this. It's when you achieve something, Sai, it's less about, wow, I did that. That was amazing. And it's more of a feeling of, oh, I'm glad that's over. So it's less joy. It's more relief. And that's no way to live. Nobody wants to work so hard just to feel relieved. You know, you right. want to work hard, get there, and just sit in it. Just enjoy it. Because when you can enjoy it, you show up to the world a lot more vibrant and brilliant and ready to serve. And that's the point. The point is to get in these positions of power so that we can serve our communities. We can serve our organizations. We can empower these movements. Otherwise, we're just... We're never going to be happy because we keep moving that finish line farther and farther away. So, yes, to answer your question, I absolutely experienced it in my own career. And because I watched other women around me experience it as well, I thought, okay, I have to take responsibility and ownership of this experience and change the way I show up to this so that I open up spaces for other women to do the same. So, um, so that's what I, I had to do. I had to spend some time inquiring that. And after I worked through it, and it's something I work through every day, um, I, I create a space where women can go through that and sort of work through it, talk about it without shame, fear, or guilt, because it is something that is so prevalent and, 
and it's not something to be ashamed of. It's just, this is what it is. This is around. This is a real thing. So let's just reframe your thoughts and experiences around it so that it's just a, it's just a mini little speed bump on the journey. It's not a roadblock. So instinctively, intuitively, you, you self-diagnosed what was happening to you mentally and you came up with the techniques to um, override that programming. Um, th- this wasn't something that you saw on a, a video or read in a book. You, this all happened internally within you. Yes and no. So what I had done is, I, at first I didn't even know what it was that I was feeling. I was very, conf- it can be confusing. If you've never heard of the imposter syndrome, like yourself, Sai, you just mentioned a little bit ago, that prior to our conversation and connecting, this hadn't been a term that you had really um, d- dived into prior to, right? Correct. So, Correct. So having not heard this terminology before, I was confused because I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I don't feel, I'm not depressed. I'm not, I don't feel like I lack self-confidence because I was a pretty, you know, self-confident and bold individual even at a young age. So I just was confused about this. I'm like, what is this? Is this daddy issues? What is this? Like, you know, why do I feel this constant need for validation to be okay, to, to, to feel proud of my accomplishments? What is it that I need? What was it? And so I struggled at, at first to understand what it was. Now, I will say I do, I have someone who has been diagnosed with anxiety early on in my um, my adult life. So I have worked through that. So I thought maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's anxiety. But um, it still didn't feel 100% diagnosed, for to use your terminology. Luckily, at that time, the brilliant Sheryl Sandberg, from, uh, she's the CFO of Facebook, she wrote a book called Lean In. And I bought that book at the airport when I was traveling for work. And I read it in one sitting. Like I, I read half of the book on my flight to on a flight to Chicago out of California. And then I finished it on my way home later that week. It was, it was so good. And it felt so in alignment with what I was experiencing. And she, in her book, has a whole chapter about the imposter syndrome. So it gave me the terminology. I wrote it down. And then when I got to my hotel room, I started researching it. I Googled it. And I came upon these two brilliant women from the University of um, Georgia State University who created this article after doing a research in 1982 of 162 high-achieving women. And then I ran into the work of Dr. Valerie Young, and just all these people had this insight on this, and this sounded more in alignment with what I was experiencing. So once I had the terminology, then I knew, knowing myself and how I think, how my mind works, I knew I needed to change the way I spoke to myself first, because we're so, e- we're so easily able to self-judge. I mean, you can look in the mirror, and it'll just pour out of you like lava, everything you have to say about yourself easily. Right, but if I if I turn to you and say, "Hey, Sai, what do you think about me?" It's gonna you'll take a minute, right? Because you want to be kind, you want to be warm, you want to be honest while still being um, gracious. But we don't do the same to ourselves. We're we easily tear ourselves down. So I thought, okay, that's where it needs to start. And being a longtime student of 
Ianla Van Dan and her work, I knew um, it had to start with education. And I love to read. So I just started picking up books on how to reframe your thoughts, how to practice journaling. I, and I started from the very, very basics. Like the very first book that I picked up when I started this journey was uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Simple stuff, simple four starts. And, uh, and then from then it just, I started picking up books that were a little bit more in depth, you know, and um, I started working on the way I thought about myself, the way I spoke to myself, the way I honored my body, the way I honored my thoughts and my experiences um, and changed the, changed the direction or even just the process of judging myself rather than just being grateful. I'm grateful for the skills. I'm grateful for the talent. I'm grateful for the opportunities. I'm grateful for the failures because they taught me something. And I'm grateful for the triumphs because it shows the fruit of my labor. And being able to show up to your life from a sense of gratitude just really shifted everything for me. And so I just thought I can't sit on my hands and not share this. So I launched my, I wrote a book, I launched it, and then I launched my business. And since then, I've enjoyed being a guide for other, other women that want to pivot out of that hurried, overworked, stressed, anxiety-ridden, always feeling like she needs to be validated existence in her career and in her life and help her show up as the queen of her journey. I love uh, hearing people's aha moment when their self-mastery kicks in. You know, because I practice self-mastery and self-discipline, um, self-development, I should say. Um, self-discipline is one of the attributes of it. Uh, and and for me, it, it always come with a story. You know, that aha moment, that that awakening always come through uh, adversity, it seems for me, yeah. or, or, or challenges. And um, I found it interesting. I remember listening to The Secret and hearing Bob Proctor talk about how airplanes have to go and they have to face resistance to take flight, you know, and, you know, just something simple as that. I, I, I always thought it was like birds. The the wind has to be behind them to, you know, give them flight. No, it has to yeah. be ahead of them because you have to go through that resistance to take flight. So um, I love hearing how you, you recognized you, you was in such alignment with, with your own mind, body, soul, and spirit that you knew something was being disrupted and, and you had to find out what it was so you could um, correct it. And, and that's the, yeah. that's the part of self mastery that I think uh, a lot of people fall short on because uh, you could have just easily dismissed it as a anxiety. But I, I think mm -hmm. any type of um, health challenge, mental health challenges that we have is an opportunity for growth. You know, it, it's, it's pretty much like the, the warning lights on a dashboard of your vehicle is telling you something's wrong with the engine. You know, don't, yeah. don't just put tape over it. I used to do that when I was young. If, some, if, if a warning light went off on my dashboard, I got tired of seeing it so much. I would just put tape over it so I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it. It doesn't make the problem go away. It's just out of sight, out of mind. But uh, I yeah. love how you, you, you sort the diagnosis. You got the terminology. Then you implemented a plan. That's excellent. 
thank you. Yeah, it's so true what you say about the tape. I mean, it's it's sort of metaphorical numbing, right? A lot of people, mm-hmm. you covered it up with the tape, but other people numb in an effort to deal, you know? And um, and that's that type of way of dealing with our fears and anxieties and, and our thoughts um, is just, again, a temporary Band-Aid, and it's not going to it's not going to help you achieve self-mastery. And I think it was, it's important for, it's an important part of transformation really, right, Sai? It's uh, yes. to get to the other side. It's uh, you have to inquiry this stuff and figure out what this is about and what's, what's it here to teach you. I never miss an opportunity to heal, to grow and to learn more. So I'm going to put myself on a chopping block because I'm pretty sure I'm probably not the only one who does this. But you said something very interesting that just really like, it got my attention. I'm like, ooh, I got to come back to that. Um, you said, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you said thriving and not surviving. I mean, I'm thriving and not arriving. Mm-hmm. And you said uh, not enjoying the moment, you know, of, of your success and keep on moving it, moving the finishing line. Yes. Oh, I'm so guilty of that. Let me tell you what I do and my, my thinking behind it. And um, uh, you, you give me some clarity on if, if this is a a symptom or an extension of imposter syndrome. Um, okay. I, I don't really celebrate or I don't, I acknowledge it and I'm grateful for it. To what degree, I don't know. Um, it, it, it could be to a small degree, but anytime I make a step forward, I'm always so focused on the bigger picture, the bigger goal, the the longer destination that I don't take time to really acknowledge the mile markers, as I call them, because I've had a history of celebrating too long um, in my mile marker, and that became my destination. So to prevent myself from doing that, I acknowledge my mile markers, but I stay the course. Yeah. And um I have I have some 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 beautiful friends and beautiful energies who like to throw these little verbal celebratory parties for me with these, you know, these steps that I'm making. And uh, I don't I don't attend. I said thank you, but you know, I, I still got a long way to go. Um, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for this, but you know, I I, I need to stay focused on, on on the bigger picture, and that has pretty much been my uh, mindset for the last two years. So, in, in your opinion, um, your observation, if if I'm coming to you as a client, I'm telling you that this is something that I do to keep me motivated, keep me moving. Um, I want you to dissect that for me. Tell me, tell me what your, your, your thoughts are on that method. Okay. Well, I certainly understand. I mean, usually the reason why you celebrate or don't celebrate, I think the biggest thing to focus on, Sai, is understand that your reasons behind both are fear. Just know that, right? So you're either fearful of celebrating too early and becoming complacent and not for, not keep going on your journey so that you can reach your destiny or your final end goal, or you feel like if if you uh, 
if you don't celebrate, then you're going to get to that final end goal and not know how to celebrate because you haven't been practicing, right? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's fear-based. Does that resonate with you at all? You nailed that. You, <laughs> okay. yes, you, okay. yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Wow. So I think the first important thing is to eradicate, or not eradicate, because I don't know that we can practically completely eradicate fear, but just understand that that's what it is, and it's here to teach you something. And fear, as we know, for many of us have been who have been doing this mastery work internally, we're taught that fear is sort of a natural way. It's it's, it's survival, right? Because we come from this very archaic uh, caveman existence where, you know, we, you know, our ancestors weren't sure where they were going to get their next meal. You know, there was, there was famine and there was in climate weather and all these things going on that people, their survival mechanism was instinctive. And so that instinct has not changed. Even in the society that we're in now, we have this survival mechanism that comes to try to tell us something. And it's usually very simple, like, no, watch out, don't go that way, don't think this way, don't don't sit there, you know, and it's the survival mechanism, but you have to know that you've experienced things in your life and you've overcome them. Here you are today, and you haven't succumbed to a lot of the things that came to try to throw you off. So when the fear does show up, it's important to just, you know, recognize it, like, okay, I see you, thank you, fear, I see you, welcome, uh, you can sit in the back. I will let you know when I need you. <laughs> you know, they, they're, they're welcome to sit and take a quiet seat in the back, but it's not here to engage in your experience. It's just, it's a natural instinct that shows up. But I think it's important for you to practice celebrating, practice enjoying the milestones because it's sort of like developing a muscle. And then when you do get your final end game, whatever that is, that, that big major goal, uh, you know how to sit in it and practice real joy, practice real gratitude, and allow yourself permission to feel vulnerable and feel grateful and feel happy for this one moment right here. Because otherwise, what's the point, right? It's, a, it's like you work so hard to achieve this great length, this new level, this major vision, and you're not going to be able to sit and enjoy it because all you're going to do is feel relief, like, okay, got here. Now what? Moving the finish line. You see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a practice, and it's just as important as getting up every day and sticking to your routine to achieve your goal. Sitting down and celebrating those milestones are important. And one of the ways that uh, I think we can do that is to create that milestone. Write it down. Like if you say, Let's take something very practical side. Let's say somebody who's trying to get out of debt, right? Let's mm -hmm. say like their end goal is to be debt-free one day. Um, and that's everything, mortgage, cars, student loans, all that stuff, right? So they start small. Let's say they, they say, okay, I'm going to pay off. I have three credit. Let's say someone has three credit cards. I'm going to pay off credit card number one and then start to roll over that payment into credit card number two and then start to roll over that payment and slowly I'm gonna snowball my way out of debt, right? Well, they need to be able to give themselves a deadline and a plan. So, okay, my first credit card will paying off will be, I'll give myself three months to pay it off and I'm going to do so by cutting back on eating out or cutting back on getting many petties or cutting back on, you know, uh, happy hours with my girlfriends. This is what I'm gonna do 
prepare. And then when they get there and they pay off that first credit card, enjoy it. Give your, you know, write it down. I'm going to give myself three months. This is what I'm going to do to make it happen. And when it happens, I'm going to celebrate by doing this. Maybe go to the movies or maybe go get a mani-pedi or maybe uh, buy yourself, uh, treat yourself to a girl's night out with your friends, you know, but, but be practical about it, you know, but being able to create a milestone with a plan and then a small little celebration to, to practice gratitude when you get there, that'll just fuel you to go into phase two. So imagine practicing that, that those three steps, every milestone of, of the way that you go, when you finally do get to that debt free, completely debt-free spot, you'll know what it takes to, to practice gratitude. You'll, you'll know what real celebrating is. You'll truly be able to sit there and enjoy it because it wasn't so much about the end game, but the journey. Think about the transformative nature of what you became and what you learned in those two to five years that it took for you to get to that debt-free time. It's so much more about the journey and less about the end game. You said something that brought me back into remembrance of something when you was explaining how to allow yourself to feel the gratitude and to feel vulnerable to celebrate the mile markers. Um, most adult challenges that we have internally are programs, which are disciplines, that we were taught as a child which means that we still have inner child work we need to um, to heal from. And when I was younger, um, I was very uh, ambitious. I was very creative. Um, I just wanted to express. I just wanted to create things, and they excited me. And I remember many times if I created something or if I accomplished something, um, I had no problem celebrating it. And I, 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 in hindsight, I could see how people looked at it as me being braggadocious, me, me putting it in other people's faces because they weren't able to, to, to do it. Um, it, it would, it'd be so many. I was, I was a very talented artist <clears throat> at a very young age. Um, I was an inventor at a very young age. Um, I was very creative in, in the space of just taking things that was around the house and, and making things out of them. And then I was celebrated. And many times I was shut down because other people would say stuff like, oh, stop bragging, stop doing that. It ain't all of this. It ain't all of that. You know, they, they were systematically tearing me down, which created a program in my mind of accomplishments are not to be celebrated. And I, I, I never really thought about that until we're having this conversation right now. And you said, Elias, you, 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 you gave me the alchemical formula of mixing gratitude with vulnerability. I have the gratitude, but I don't allow the vulnerability. Right. And it's, it's part of the process. I mean, that's the difference between True acceptance of your brilliance and the gratitude over the gifts and the accomplishments and mm -hmm. arrogance. That's the difference. Because anyone who's practicing arrogance or exhibiting arrogance is not exhibiting vulnerability, right? Because it's more about the outward validation. It's more about 
feel making yourself feel more above or elevated than anyone else. But that's not what you were doing, Sai. You were just saying, look, I, 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 I created this and, and I want to share it. And uh, if people aren't on your safe wavelength or they understand the vulnerability and gratitude that you have for your gifts, then of course they're going to perceive your accomplishments, your ideas um, as braggadocious, like you said earlier, right? And um, that is so important to make that distinction. And it's also one of the reasons that I'm in the middle of creating a um, a mastermind uh, membership group for women who don't have that. Because, uh, you know, when you're elevating your career or you're starting this journey towards a higher purpose in your business or your movement, it can be very lonely when people around you just don't understand. They don't get why this is important to you. Yes. They don't. They think you reaching a new milestone is you being braggadocious or you trying to put on the front, you know, and be selfish. And it's like, no, there's been blood, sweat and tears that have gone into this. And I'm just I'm giving myself permission to share an accomplishment. And I want to to witness it with you. I'd like for you to join me in this celebration. But not everyone is going to get that. And um, a lot of the women that I've connected with this past 90 days have shared that experience with me and I, it resonates. So um, I think it's important to not only share with them the guideposts to elevating their careers and, and achieving their success, but giving them a safe and productive environment where they can come share the good days as well as the bad days. Because even those same friends that don't understand, family and friends that don't get, they think you're coming off braggy or arrogant by sharing a new milestone, there are also the same ones that may not understand why you need encouragement when you're down on the down days, when you're like, why do I do this? No one's subscribing. Nobody's listening. My ideas aren't getting, they aren't hitting clearly enough. I don't know what's happening. Why did I even get started? Those same people who love you, who don't understand your journey are going to try to say what they think is helpful, which is, well, then just quit, Sai you know what, just, just let it go. You don't need to do this. You would just go back to a regular job or, or go back to that job that you didn't, that, you know, at least it paid your bills. You know, why put in so much effort? Just, just quit. They don't, cause, because they don't understand why, the way your mind works and why this is important to you. And so just like the women that I have been blessed with the opportunity to guide, it's the same thing. They're just, they, a lot of people who love and care for them around them just don't understand why this is so important to them. And so part of my offering to the women that I work with is I'm creating this mastermind group um, where they will come and receive monthly coaching, accountability, support, guidance, and just a safe space to be seen, heard, and valued. I think that's so important to have a community of support, especially uh, people who are going through the same challenges as you because they're walking the same path as you. And um, thank you for that. Thank you for that clarity that you gave me. That it's I know exactly what to do now. It's like I, I've, I've, ident- I've identified. Okay, yep, that's that's where that's where it is. That's the source of it. Now go correct it. Um, and, and I love that you're making a a support group for women to. Um, it's not just to 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 learn and grow, but it's also to share because that's so important in the process of, of personal growth, especially if you are um, 
career minded or if you're starting your own business you have to share your ideas you know your your ideas are a gift to be shared with others you know mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've tried that keeping it to myself for myself um there, there's certain aspects where that's necessary but the greater larger vision is it's not to be hoarded it's not to be kept to yourself you need to share that with people and to have a support group where um women can share their brilliance with other women sharing their brilliance that that's excellent i love that you're doing that um let me ask you this now for a woman who wants to further herself in her career or a woman who wants to start her own business what what advice would you give as far as making them mentally having them to be mentally prepared so that they won't experience imposter syndrome if the seeds are already planted in them it won't manifest and blossom into full-blown imposter syndrome what advice would you give for them like pre-maintenance wise oh gosh two really good steps that i have seen be such a give such a return is um inventory your brilliance mm. really do, like take a quick inventory of what you can do masterfully what is your zone of genius what can you do so easily that you just and, and, and joyfully that you enjoy doing uh that you just lose track of time doing right and that is an indicator of the blessings that you have these are the gifts these are the talents that uh, maybe remain dormant because in your current job they aren't useful or they aren't tapped into as much as they could be. Um, so inventory your gifts. Take a quick image, write them down. What is it that you love doing? What is it that you love doing, number one, that you, that you enjoy doing, you lose track of time, number two? And then in the second column of that inventory, write down either job positions or industries or business ideas that would thrive with those skill sets, right? So if you are an individual who is very uh, motivated, you love public speaking, you love talking to people, you love building relationships, this is where you love doing this. And so if this is what you love to do, then maybe an outside sales role would be great for you because you will, if you're self-disciplined, you don't need to be in an office 40, 50 hours a week. You're self-disciplined. You know how to get yourself up and get your schedule going. Um, you enjoy networking and having lunches with people and connecting with people. And as a result, it'll be easy for you to share a product or service because you're just, it's part of your rapport building because that's what you love to do. So you may thrive as an outside sales rep, outside sales manager, because you're tapping into your zone of genius. You're tapping into what you love to do. It doesn't, other people don't like doing that. Other people just cringe at the idea of networking and talking to people and going out for lunches. They just want to come to the office and punch numbers all day. And that's just where they are right now. And that's okay. But if you really want to elevate your career without wasting your God-given gifts and talents, then take an inventory of your zone of genius take an inventory of your brilliance and then categorize them into spaces where they would thrive so then you're essentially being paid to do what you love 
that's such great advice. Um, there's so many things that you said is in, in alignment of um, things that I actually do or words of wisdom that I would impart to other people. And I, I love how you sp- speak about journaling your ideas uh, a lot um, because I do that a lot. I found that many times because I'm a thinker, overthinker, um, I like to retain I can retain a lots uh lots of information inside of my mind, but I find when I write it down, it gives me a clarity that I don't have just retaining it mentally. So especially uh if it's something that I'm working towards, I I know to write them down. That's how I manifest it. That's how I'm able to look at it uh from a third's eye view so I can work towards it. So I love that that's like a main component in, in your, your training and your coaching. Yes. I, I think it's such a valuable and simple practice for, I, I, I too, like yourself, I am an overthinker, overanalyzer. Um, and so I can get lost in me trying to make sense of things. It was, that's what we do. We want to make sense. We want to create a formula. We want to, okay, this is doing happening because of this. And this means that we want to create meaning behind everything and then once we've created meaning we want to put it on the shelf like okay it, it, we, or we stick it in this file and um sometimes it's just that that formula of analyzing something making sense out of it and then putting it into a mental file that can take all day and it'll just completely deplete your energy of any creativity and so in an effort to control that journaling is a great way to separate yourself from your thoughts like you can just write something down and not have it figured out yet. You can just write, there's something that might be just looping in your head. You can write it down, close the journal and separate it from yourself. It's not now, it's now just not only physically separate from you, but psychologically, because you've now, you've put it up on the mental shelf in a different way. Like I'll come back to this. And then you go and express your energy, creativity, um, your brilliance throughout the day. And then, Throughout the day, as you're practicing that creativity, you might get the answer to what you just wrote down earlier in the day. And you can come back to that later and say, ah, okay, this came to me today. So sometimes the clarity that we, that we, we get so caught up in the loop, in the mental loop, that we don't, we think staying there will somehow get clarity quicker. And I find that that's not always the case. It's, it's really great to just write it down, give yourself some space between you and this thought and then come back to it later. And you might and you might find one of two things. You'll either find some in-depth clarity behind this thought about something, that, a message that was supposed to come to you, an idea maybe, or it was just a thought and it didn't mean anything. It could have just been a concern that you had that at the end of the day isn't, didn't even happen or wasn't even a factor anymore. It was just a thought that came to disrupt your, your creativity and, and you you took responsibility to separate it from yourself for the moment and come back to it later with uh, either clarity or like, Oh, wow, that wasn't even anything to be concerned about. Like I'm over here worried about it. And I'll give you an example. Like what if you wake up in the morning and you think your friend Erica is upset with you? Like, you know what? Erica didn't text me back yesterday. I wonder if she's upset. Is she upset because I, I didn't call her back the other day or is she upset because I didn't show up to the coffee date with our friends or 
is she is she mad is she mad at me about something and so we create this loop internally trying to figure it out do we text her back am i making all this stuff in my head am i am i you know creating something out of nothing maybe i call her and tell her are you mad and she's going to be like what are you talking about you're being crazy you know and now you're gonna, you're worried about feeling crazy so here you go on this loop all day and so what i recommend is just writing down in your journal i think erica's upset with me she hasn't texted me back close it Go about your day, go, go record a podcast, go have dinner, go on a jog, walk the dog, take a nap, go, go write copy, you know, go for finish this report, whatever you got to do. And then later on throughout the day, you might find Erica might text you back out of nowhere and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I just realized I didn't text you back. How you doing, Sai? Everything good? And here you are. You could have lost two, three hours looping in your head about why Erica was upset. And it was nothing. But and if we don't give ourselves space between that thought, it can take over and steal so much energy and creativity. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I just ask you to give to use journaling as a way of just clearing your mind and make, creating more space for things that um, are more in alignment with what you really want to be doing with your energy. Excellent. Now, when when we first uh, made contact and. You introduced me to imposter syndrome. When I looked, when I looked it up, um, one of the names that 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 popped up at the top was Dr. Val Valerie Young, author yeah. of the Secret Thoughts of Successful Women: Why Capable Women Suffer from Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It. Um, she gave you a very powerful and ringing endorsement for your book. She did. She was very kind and generous with her time. Um, and she's done, she's done a lot for me since then as well. She's, in, she's invited me to a conference out. I was able to go to a conference out in Washington, D.C. because of a connection that she made for me. Um, and she's endorsed my book even at her own conferences. I actually had a girlfriend of mine go to a, a women's and leadership conference at Smith College uh, about a week and a half ago. And Dr. Valerie Young was there presenting, and my friend walked up to her and said, "Hey, you know, I um, my I know Michelle Gomez. We went to high school together, and I know you endorsed her book. And so she was a she spoke to my book even in that regard. So, yeah, I feel tremendously honored that someone of her caliber um, was even willing to read my book and provide an advanced praise blurb to be printed on the book. That was huge." That was a, it was a, that was a definite combater of imposter syndrome right there. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> if I was second guessing myself at all, I'm glad that someone as brilliant as her saw value in the work that I had done up to that point. So it's pretty awesome. How did you make contact with her or how did she make contact with you? How did, how did that unfold? Um, well, I had read her book. I had heard about her. I watched her Ted talk. And so I knew of her work in my research. Um, and I, I mean, I reached out to anyone who had something to say about imposter syndrome. I reached out to her. I actually reached out to Oprah. <laughs> and nice. I reached out to Cheryl Sandberg. I, I thought, well, my whole thing is the worst people can say is no. And no is not going to kill me. I, I've learned in, in anything in life, a no is just a next opportunity. That's what no stands for, N-O. The next opportunity. <laughs> I love it. Right? Okay. Yeah. You learn something. A no isn't, you're not going to die. Nobody dies from hearing no. You know, you're just, okay, pivot, course correct. That's what no's are for. Next opportunity. 
So I thought, well, let me just shoot for the, you know, for the highest part of the mountain first and then work my way down. And um, so I reached out to those three women and Cheryl Sam, I even reached out to Brene Brown, who I love. I love her work on vulnerability in leadership. Um, mm-hmm. Brene's camp, Cheryl Sandberg's camp, and Oprah's camp all came back and said, you know, they weren't going to be willing, they weren't going to be able to assist in this uh, initiative. But Dr. Valerie Young, not only did, did did I get a response from her, but I got a response from her personally, not her camp, not her PR person, her. And so that was so amazing um, to hear back from her. And she said, yeah, send me your book and I'm, I'm willing to read it. And and she taught me a lot about like being misquoted because I had I had quoted something in in my in my version of the book uh, that she was misquoted by at a diff by a different publication. And so she's like, just so you know, this is this happens. Sometimes you know you're gonna as your book gets out there, people want to quote you or want to interview you, and you could be easily misquoted. And so you have to fight against that. So she she shared with me that she had gone back to this publication and asked them to correct you know, their version of her quote, and, and they wouldn't. They said, nope, this is what we stand behind. So I learned a valuable lesson on that part of the publication process as well, you know. But mm. she was very open to sharing her thoughts with me and her experiences, and and um, I asked her for a foreword initially, and she said that she, she felt more comfortable giving an advanced praise only because our approach to imposter syndrome is uh, – different so okay. if you've read her book which i have i'm looking at her book right now in front of me um, i've read the thoughts of successful women by dr valerie young and so her she is more uh, she's a clinical more she's a more like data-based person right and so she has a lot of data to support her findings and her whole thing if you watched her ted talks is if you want to stop being an imposter if you want to uh stop being an imposter you have to stop thinking like one so that's her take right and mine is if you want to overcome it, you need to focus inward and change how you talk to yourself. Right. So there's, we just have a different approach to it, not better or worse, just different. So she felt different, that yes. our approaches were a little bit different and she would feel more comfortable with an advanced play, praise blurb. And I, I said, that's perfectly fine with me. <laughs> right. Fine. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And I'm like, I was a brand new author. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'll take what you can give me, sis. If you want to do an advanced praise, I'll do an advanced praise. That'll work. And tell people where they can get their, your book from. Is it uh, available on Amazon or, is, or just is. on your website? Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. It's available on Amazon, paperback, and on Kindle. Um, but you can also get a free download off of my website. So if you go to my website, um, which um, you'll probably share it in the show notes, I, I assume. I will. But okay. it's also uh, for those who um, are listening, it's uh, michellegomez.com. Very simple. Very clean, a very professional website. Um, I just signed up to get the free download because I was going to buy your book. But I saw I get a free one, and I'm not opposed yeah. to free. <laughs> but I'm still going to buy definitely, it so I definitely. can support you. Absolutely. And on the website, there's so much resource you can that your listeners can grab. You can grab a free download of the book. You can schedule a free 30-minute career strategy session 
with me. Um, there's my blog content is on there as well. So you can get to learn more about the different methods and tactics that I've shared. Um, but yeah, and just to correct, it's Michelle M, middle initial M Gomez. Michelle No worries. Just wanted to be, I had to get the M in there for my middle initial to uh, honor my grandmother. Awesome. So correction, that's michellemgomez.com. And and definitely go to her website, uh, check her out. You can hear more about her. You can see the uh, wonderful advanced praise that Dr. Valerie Young gave her book. Um, you can get a free copy of a book. And, and interesting, what was re- very interesting to me is you can schedule a free call, 30-minute call with Michelle. Um, I, I would strongly advise you to take advantage of that. If you're a career-minded woman, um, if you are a woman who wants to start her own business, if you're a man, <laughs> can men call you? Or was it this Okay, uh, <laughs> I'll just put it out there. My, only caveat, my only caveat with my, my fellow brothers is, uh-huh. you know, this is a safe space. You're not going to be judged for being vulnerable. You're not going to be judged for not being perfect. You know, I'm not going to measure your manhood by how how averse to feeling you are this is a, this imposter syndrome is going to get in your way as much as it would a woman so if you have a vision if you have a purpose if you're trying to create something and this is standing in your way these thoughts i would it would be an honor and a privilege to help you transform through that thought process so that you can show up as the hero in your story so just be prepared. Be prepared to come in open-hearted. Take her up on that. Take her up on that. I mean, she she's helped me, and we're we're, we're just sitting there talking, and it's just like I'm getting all all kind of uh, flashbacks and remembrances and uploads and downloads, and uh, you you've just helped me uh, pinpoint some things that I need to work that I'm working on. I've already started the process because when you um, going back to the story, when you first realized uh, at 19 years old in your industry that you, you, you were more than capable, but you were feeling these feelings of um, the onset of imposter syndrome. Um, Again, I I love the term. I love the. I, I thank you for introducing me to it. It resonated with me so much because, in this day and age, you have so many people who are waking up to their brilliance, and that's a big responsibility. That's a whole new avenue. That's moving outside of your comfort zone. That's breaking out of the box and the mold that society, family, um, and your upbringing has put you in, and. It could be a lonely experience because you may you may be the only one in, in your family or your circle who's breaking out beyond the parameters of the the norm. You know, you're, you're, you're daring to do something that hasn't been done before, hasn't been seen before in your circle. And if you're the only one, you need that support system. You need someone who can guide you through it. You need someone who's been there. And who succeeded through it, and, and and Michelle is definitely more than qualified to help you with that. So I would advise you to take advantage of that, 
And um, and like I said, just I was looking forward to this conversation because uh she introduced me to something new and and, and just just reading about her and 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 then the few conversations we had prior to this. Uh she has a great energy. Um are you clairvoyant? Not to my knowledge. Uh I'm a I but again I um that could be because I'm I'm a I'm a god girl. So I you know I'm a, I do practice Christian faith. Um but I'm also very tolerant of how everyone receives God. Um they may not get it from the Bible or through prayer and it, like I do, but you know I feel like God is big and he reaches people in any way he needs to. Um, but I don't know that I would qualify as a clairvoyant. I don't, I'm not honest, to be honest with you, Sai, I'm not even all that 100% sure what that is. The reason why I asked you that, and, um, I'm hopping all over the place. I thought I started three different conversations at the same time. I'm going to finish them all, but the reason why I (laughs) asked you that, because you was given an example about, um, when I, when I was sharing with you how I found that I had a suppressed inner child experience of not celebrating my milestones um you was given the example of the dialogue that someone may have with me if i'm expressing excuse me um some doubt about something i created and the example that you gave was so on point i mean it it literally happened exactly how you said it and i didn't share that with, with you so I, I meant to ask you when it happened, but um, clairvoyancy, um, like all of our gifts, uh, it's a God-given gift. It's a gift to be able to tap into people's energies and experiences and uh, have a, a sympathy and an understanding of how you can serve them and how you can help them. And uh, I feel that energy in you very strongly. Um, I just gave it a name that it, it's many names for it, but it, it the energy is all the same. Re- regardless of the labels that we put on it, the energy is all the same. Um, and, and I think I, and now that you've given me that clarity, I, the way I would frame it through my experience is mm-hmm. um, I think I just opened myself to what God has ordained for me to do and less about what I feel success is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. I think that now that I've opened myself and I've, you know, I've asked God to go, you share with me, what am I supposed to be doing? You put me in the room that I'm supposed to be in. You connect me to the people that I'm here to serve and make it less about me, more about you and reaching them through me. So it's, um, I, I, I know I keep quoting Yama, but she even says that, you know, I'm just a vessel. And so um, if I, if that vessel comes off as a, some sort of clairvoyancy, it wouldn't shock me because, you know, we serve a big God and, and that a lot of things are possible. Um, but I think it's just being open, being open to serving in the, in the capacities and the places and to the people that I'm supposed to be. And rather than trying to force something that um maybe wasn't meant to be or maybe i'm just wrong in what i think success is supposed to look like so uh i think that being self-aware about my own anxieties and struggles then creates space for others 
to share their experiences with me. And that experience you had, by about not being able to celebrate because people just don't understand. Um, people don't get why this is so important to you. Unfortunately, is also a very prevalent part of this experience. When you're mm-hmm. leveling up in life, you're, there are people that are not going to be happy. There are people that are just not going to get it. And that's okay. It's not their journey. It's yours. But this is why you got to be cognizant of where you share this stuff. And this is why I feel creating this mastermind space for women um, that I'm in the middle of creating uh, will help alleviate that part. So that anyone who works in, a, in the Career Catalyst program or anyone who's currently uh, leveling up in an area of career or business or life has a safe space to come and share their experiences with people who get it who get why this is important to you because it's just as valuable as getting there. What's the point if you, of you becoming a millionaire, if you don't have wonderful people to share your millions with, <laughs> it's going to get really lonely. Um, your, your tribe determines your vibe. So you got to check yourself and surround yourself with good people. I know it's in this embryonic stages, but could we talk a little bit about your mastermind um, class that you have coming up? Yes, uh, we're in the middle of creating it. I've even been praying about the name, um, really call it, but it's just a sort of a a mastermind of successful sisterhood, you know, of women of color coming together from all walks of life, all spaces of business, even just demographically. I've had women from Texas, from Philadelphia, New Jersey, L.A., Northern California, Chicago, Miami, um, these are women that have I've connected with that are already on board and they're ready to, to get involved. And um, they all are, are needing a place to come to, to not only receive tactics because the, the, the people who join will get access to how to accelerate their movement with, um, e- with not ease, but just so that you don't waste a ton of time on things that aren't going to help you. Cause that's what happens. We get into businesses or we start companies, or we we get into new roles in our corporate careers, assuming that we know what it's going to take to be successful. But um, I, I'm going to be very frank with with anyone who's listening. Every new level of yourself is going to require a new version of you. And what got you mm. to where you are, what got you to where you are, is not always going to take you to the next level. So maybe if you were that overwork I'll give you an example let's say you were that super dedicated employee you're working 50 hours a week you're like first one in last one out logs on on the weekends and you're just like showing you're this hard aggressive worker right and then what happens you get promoted and now you're a manager or you're a leader you're responsible for leading a team of people for inspiring engagement you're responsible for creating a safe and comfortable work environment so that carried overworked don't take any prisoners mentality is not going to serve you in that leadership role. You now have to turn inward and work on becoming this gracious, empathetic, uh, giving soul so that you can lead this movement because people want to follow a leader. People want to trust a leader that's going to guide them. And so you keeping your head down, working 50 hours a week and being exhausted all the time isn't going to serve you now. Just the same goes when you elevate in your personal life and you elevate in your business. What it took to get you here will help, but then there's going to be a new level of you required to move forward. And so in this mastermind, we will share the guideposts to accelerating your next level 
with things that are actually helpful rather than giving you a bunch of tactics for you to spin your wheels and waste a lot of time, energy, and money. Because that's what happens a lot of the time. We get into these spaces and we think what we know what we need to do to accelerate it, and it's not always the case. You'll find six, seven months down the road, like, well, that was a complete waste of time. <laughs> you know, I could have avoided doing that. Um, so I will share the tactics and methods that have worked for myself and my clients so that they can apply those things to their lives, their businesses, their careers, and provide them with monthly challenges and accountability, keep them accountable towards achieving their goals and their dreams, but also give them a safe space to come and share the good days and the bad days with women that get it so that we can empower and encourage her to keep going on her days when she's down and we can celebrate with her when she's reached a milestone. That's fantastic. That's, um, wow. As I was listening to you um, break down what the environment, that environment would look like, I'm thinking like, that's so powerful. <clears throat> Everybody should have one of those. <laughs> Everybody should have <laughs> one of those. And and if you don't have a, a support system like that in your life, um, Michelle Gomez is making it for you. And and all yeah, you and all you gotta do I is said this. earlier, it's very new. So it's not even out yet, people. So if you if you hear this and it's you don't see it posted anywhere, this is why it's it's very new and it's near and dear to my heart. And um I'm very careful where and who I share it with. I think you're actually Sai, you're the first podcast where I've spoken this out loud. I'm honored. I'm on it because when it when it manifests and it's a great success, uh, you heard it here first. Indeed, you did. You're the first one, and I think I've just. But also, it's because I've come to a point where I'm. I'm I feel I feel confident and, and safe to share it. For a for a long while, it was more of an idea that kept poking me on my shoulder, and I just kept shooing it away like a fly. Like no, 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 not right now. I'm busy with other things. But God has a way of keeping you up all night and telling you, like, no, I need you to do this. <laughs> so last night was one of those nights. So I think it was very uh, purposeful that I was on your podcast this morning after having the night that I had, um, receiving so much messages, so much messaging about this purpose um, that I feel confident in sharing it with you and your listeners, especially since this is a, a, a podcast about mental wellness and there's the best success is achieved when you are in a mental space and capacity to enjoy it. Absolutely. And again, thank you. Thank you again for um, trusting myself and my movement and my audience with that information, because it's, it's very powerful, very important, very necessary and very needed. And the ripple effect that, uh, the mastermind group would cause it's going to benefit everyone even if you're not a part of the mastermind group the people who interact with the people who are in the mastermind group uh they'll benefit from it because of the ripple effect and that brings me back to something we, we i wanted to ask you earlier about the imposter syndrome and the ripple effect it could have on people's personal lives and I, i'm pretty sure it's 
we, we've talked about so much already. I'm pretty sure you've already talked about that, but I just like to have it narrowed down into a singular focus on how imposter syndrome in the workplace or in the career could affect people's um, home life. Yes, so I'm so glad you brought this up. Want there 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 are certain competencies of the imposter syndrome that are tied to health issues and home life concerns. So, mm. for example, the perfectionist, right? The perfectionist, she's got this never rest kind of mentality. Everything has to be perfect, right? She's a, she's also the superwoman is the same thing. So when you're driven by the need to be perfect and the need to do everything masterfully yourself, pretty much wear all your hats, wife, mother, employee, sister, friend, student, athlete, you know, you, you have this tremendous pressure every day to show up and not complain, do it all yourself, be perfect at it, right? And you hold such, such, such self-judgment in those spaces that, um, it could be very difficult for you to not be present when you're with your family or with yourself. So, for example, the superwoman competency, unfortunately, is tied to a lot of things like failed marriages, um, absentee parentism, or even where the parent is just not engaged. You know, they just, there's a lot of parents that while they do, while they mean well, their focus is on just providing and not really being there, not being, you know, mentally and emotionally present with the, with the children um, because they're just going hard every day, you know, to, to fulfill this goal and this need. Um, and they don't really spend time caring for themselves and, and being present with their families. And so there's this tremendous self-judgment that happens that can go on in the, that loop. This is why journaling is so important for the imposter syndrome struggler because that loop will keep you up all night that feedback loop will just kind of with all, through, all through the weekend, even when you're not in the office. And then when you're at the office, you're focused on the loop of back home. When my kids hate me, my husband's feeling um, neglected. You know, I am just dropping the ball left and right over here. Like, there's the self-judgment can really drive her to punish herself emotionally and mentally um, more than anyone could punish her. And then when somebody does co-sign a thought, it's debilitating, you know, like if you already think like your husband's feeling neglected because you're just working and you're working and you're ambitious and you're focused on work. And when you get home, all you do is talk about work. And, and so then the minute the husband says something like, well, it's been a while since you've had a great night. I mean, just, just a, an innocent comment will throw her through the rails because she's already been punishing herself mentally for weeks. So he just made a single co-signing comment and it just, it could debilitate her. It could be so heart-wrenching that she'll try to numb. And we all numb differently. She'll numb with work. She'll numb with shopping, drinking, drugs. It'll be something. She'll find something to go and numb the pain. And so if we don't check this imposter syndrome, we have to check our thoughts. Check the way you speak to yourself and about yourself so that the, the regular thoughts of life don't debilitate you and you can take people's thoughts and criticisms with with a sense of gratitude and less of like, oh see, I knew I was I knew I was not doing this well and now the world has figured it out. Because that's the biggest fear of the imposter syndrome struggler, to be seen as the imposter. The minute someone calls you out for something, 
if it co-signs a negative thought you just had, it's proof to you somehow that you're the imposter that you've been trying to hide this whole time. Wow. It's, it's challenging for me because I'm, I'm internalizing things that you're saying and I'm forgetting that we're doing a show. <laughs> so it's like I, I have to say something after you get finished talking, but I'm not finished uh, letting it percolate and marinate, you know, through my experiences and things of that nature. I, I'm really looking forward to reading your book. <clears throat> and I don't even read books right now because um, I, I, I was a avid reader. I love reading. Um, I'm not, um, I, it's not that I don't like reading. I'm just not reading books right now because I, I believe that I've came to a place where I've read so many books. I've ingested so much information that I wasn't implementing that I need to implement and, and pretty much clean my hard drive before I take on new information. But so much of what, where I'm at right now and the challenges that I'm facing and, and, and me leveling up and, and me being outside of my comfort zone and, 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 and taking it to that next level. Um, so much of what we've talked about and what you've expressed um, this in your book is where I'm at right now that I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I have to break my own rule and read your book because it's applicable to me right now. Yeah, it'd be an honor. And luckily for you, it's an easy read. So it's a very, um, it's almost like you and I are having a conversation and less about me just throwing, you know, tactical to do's, you know, it's more of a, an unraveling of, of your experience together. So I hope you enjoy that part of the book. The way I wrote it is, is more of a coffee date between you and I. And one of your testimonies that I read um, on Amazon had expressed like that, expressed that same thing. That it was like you were just having a conversation uh, with her. Yes, yes. And I'm so glad. Thank, thank God for my book coach, because she was the one who told me I needed to change my writing style. Because it did, a, you know, being a corporate um, professional and then an academic at that, my writing was very rigid. My style wasn't conversational. So she, she's like, you're not going to reach people. Um, you need to change your approach. And I'm so grateful that she did because I've had so many people read the book. And then when I meet them or hear from them, they're like, I feel like, I feel like you were talking right to me. And I'm like, great. That's the whole point. It's about you, your experience, not me you your your imposter syndrome how is it showing up for you and how can we transform that experience so that you can show up as your best self in whatever it is that you're doing that's awesome i've never heard of a book coach but that is i'm glad that you had that book coach and i'm glad that uh, she resonated with you because to to have someone read a book where you're the only essence of your presence is your words and to feel, to have them feel that connection as if that you were speaking directly to them. Um, that's a gift. So to have your coach to make that suggestion, but you having the 
ability to manifest it in, into that change is again just a testament to you and your only your brilliance yep it's about owning it naming it speaking it clearly without fear of coming off arrogant or boastful uh, my whole thing is if what you're saying are facts then you're not writing these are facts well michelle um the door is always open i i would love to have you back anytime um you have a a new book a new project um or anything you're in between projects when when you start your your mastermind class um i would love to have you back to talk about that um i really enjoyed the conversation like i said i got so much from it it challenging having this in the format of the show where i was i was getting so much fruit and 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 jewels from it and processing at the same time but my audience is familiar with me taking long pauses because i think a lot yeah (laughs) and i'm having internal dialogue with myself especially when i receive something that resonates with me I like to instantly put it to work. So even just writing it down, I'll write it. I wrote it down. I wrote down a lot of things that you said, but even just writing it down, it, it still doesn't stop the inner workings of my mind to start implementing it and, and looking at how that would look like, but what, what that would look like once it's implemented and things of that nature. And I found myself doing, doing that a lot. And to me, that's, that's the signs of a great conversation where I'm being fed and hopefully I'm being able to share and the uh, upliftment of the conversation as well. Absolutely. I'm so glad it resonated with your experience because um, it'll just, it'll just hopefully change what you have been taught about success and about celebration. Cause if you, if you have so much to be grateful for, then just that simple switch of giving yourself permission to celebrate without fear of coming off arrogant or boastful and then you know praying about and having people around you that can appreciate and celebrate with you it'll just elevate your experience and bring a whole new sense a whole new energy and creativity and purpose behind everything you're doing I'm celebrating. I have an amazing show. And I always have amazing guests, and we always have amazing conversations to help people. And um, again, Michelle, thank you for for joining us here on the Mental Health Cipher. And do you have any parting words or any last coaching? Because you've definitely been coaching um, myself and all of our listeners, everybody who's listening. Um, with with this magnificent conversation, do you have any last parting words you would like to give to everyone who's listening? I I think after all that's been said, the only thing left to say is just to be gentle with yourself. Life is hard. You're doing the best you can. And it's okay to not know everything and not know the right best next step. This is why um, those of us who are out here trying to create spaces where you can safely figure that out for yourself, 
um, this is why we're, we're working so hard to create those spaces. So it's, it's not a sign of weakness to raise your hand and say, I'm not really sure what to do next. So don't be afraid of what you don't know. Use it as a trigger to allow yourself to ask for help. Beautiful. And you could, you can uh, find more about Michelle on her website, michellemgomez.com. You can find her on Instagram at MG Success Coach. And you can find her on Facebook at MG Career Coach. So once again, thank you again so much for blessing us with your information, with your energy, and uh, with the conversation. And I look forward to reading your book and having great success with that. And I look forward to seeing what you are going to do next next, and how you're going to help so many people, um, specifically women, but also men, um, <laughs> with their challenges, with their imposter syndrome, with their success, and with owning their brilliance. Thank you, Michelle. My pleasure, Sai. Thank you. Join us next time, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Peace.